year after my mother gave me a straight jacket for Christmas, she gave me a unicycle. And I think it's probably fair to say that there were a few years in my early 20s when the holidays got a little weird at our place. I spent the following year learning to ride that unicycle before it became my daily transportation to and from class in my college years. The rubber chicken that was impaled on the seat post gave rise to my eventual stage name, the rubber chicken guy. The year that it took to learn to ride that unicycle was not without its incidents. I'm deaf in my right ear, so balance has never come easily to me, and if I wasn't falling forward, I was overcompensating and falling backwards. If I started to fall to the left, I would flail my arms around in this effort to correct myself and usually fall to the right. That I ever learned to ride that thing at all, let alone juggle flaming torches while doing so, was no minor miracle. Balance, it turns out, is not my strong suit. I like the idea of balance and think highly of the kind of people that strive for and, yes, even achieve balance in their lives. I've just never found it easy to live in balance for very long before I tip to one side or another and then do that weird dance of overcorrection and land on my face in the other direction. I'm David Dushman, and this is episode 38 of A Beautiful Anarchy, my mostly weekly podcast about the joys and obstacles of the everyday creative life. What's my lack of balance got to do with it? Let's talk about it. The most obvious metaphor in my story about the unicycle would be to draw a parallel with the creative life and to suggest that it's all just a matter of balance. And maybe it is, I don't know, but that's not been my experience. If balance is achievable at all, then I'd have to focus so hard on it that I'd get nothing else done. Balance for me has always felt like a bit of a code word for playing it safe, never reaching too far in one direction without being really careful not to fall over. In fact, I think when the focus of our creative lives becomes the maintenance of balance and never falling over, we're taking steps in the direction of risk aversion and playing it safe, and our work begins to lack the kind of spark it can only take on when we do not play it safe when we're generous with that work and vulnerable. There's probably no more direct route to mediocrity in what we do than the pursuit of balance, for balance's sake. Not too much of one thing, not too much of another, just right in the middle. I don't mean to imply there's no room in our lives for healthy balance. Of course there is. I think what I'm getting at is there are a lot of ways we can lose that balance every day and it might not be the worst thing if we wobble a little from one extreme to another every now and then, or even every day. Two of those extremes are creative boredom and creative burnout. And my being a glass half full kind of guy, I thought it might be interesting to look at why falling into one or the other of those extremes might have its benefits and how to get out of both of them when you've been there long enough. When I was writing my recent book, Start Ugly, I stumbled across an idea that kind of intrigued me. I was writing, and I kind of blurted the idea onto the page before I even knew that it was an idea I was conscious of. I was writing about both boredom and burnout, and wrote that both were a form of emptiness. I'd never thought about either boredom or burnout in these terms before, and looking back, I wish I had explored the idea a little more, so perhaps now is my chance to do that. The creative life is one of inflow and outflow. It's not unlike breathing. You breathe in 
and you breathe out. And you really kind of need to do both of them in roughly the same amounts. I don't know if it's even possible to breathe in more than you breathe out, but if it is, you certainly can't do it for long. We depend on getting the old air out and bringing fresh air in. Creatively speaking, we need to be drawing on new influences, learning new skills, and exploring new ideas. But in order for that to bear any kind of fruit at all, we've also got to do something with those things. They are the raw materials for what we create. They are the fuel. But we've got to burn that fuel in order to create any heat or move forward. I've mentioned the idea of flow several times in past episodes, all of it based on the research and writings of Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. His book, Flow, contains ideas that are incredibly helpful to anyone that wants to lead not only a creative life, but a fulfilling one. In that book, he says, we are at our happiest and our most creative when we are doing things that challenge us and when the level of our skill matches that challenge. When that tension is achieved, we are forced to keep our skills sharp and learn new skills in order to take on greater and greater challenges. When we fail to stay on this line that balances or keeps skill and challenge in growing tension, we tip into two possible areas at which we are not our best. When we engage in activities for which we have plenty of skill but not enough challenge, we get bored and there's no growth. When we engage in activities for which the challenge is too high for our skills, we experience anxiety, which is also a state in which we are not learning creative or, for that matter, very happy. What makes this model so helpful is that it acts as a diagnostic tool. In my creative life, which I suppose is just really, you know, life, if I'm feeling bored, it means I am not challenging myself enough relative to the skills that I have. It means I'm not taking risks, that I'm probably repeating myself, and it's time to create something more interesting or challenging, something that's not so safe and comes with fewer guarantees of success, something that draws on all of my skills and attention and the ways in which I bring those to bear on whatever it is I'm working on. That boredom, when it occurs, is an emptiness. It is a lack of of challenge and everything that comes with trying to meet that challenge or solve that problem. In other words, if we can recognize the hole that we feel when we are bored, we can fill it. Learning to actively recognize that hole and fill it is our way back to the state of flow and greater creativity. We cannot get back to flow from boredom without increasing our challenges. In a similar way, when we're anxious and struggling with our creative efforts that feel overwhelming, the flow model tells us what we lack is the skill or experience to pull it off. And the way out is to either reduce the challenge enough that it brings skill and challenge back into tension with each other, or you can level up on your skills and learn what you need to know in order to meet that challenge on a more level playing field. Being overwhelmed creatively signals an emptiness and an opportunity to learn new skills and to walk forward into being better than you once were at whatever endeavor you pursue. Both boredom and creative burnout arise because of a lack. But if either of them are new and haven't always been there, it tells us that lack or area of emptiness is also new. So what happened? Something changed. What was it? 
Well, you'll have to answer that for yourself. But for me, it's become predictable. And I can give you an example from right now. I've just finished writing two books and the effort to put them out into the world, which is almost as hard as the writing itself. I've also spent the last seven months building two courses for photographers. And before that, it was another book. It has been a wonderfully busy and productive year, and I've enjoyed more than my usual amount of time in flow. But I am now both bored and burned out, and I've got nothing. The burnout was predictable. The more output I demanded of myself, the more creative calories I consumed and didn't replace, the greater the challenge and need for that fuel that wasn't replaced. I flamed out with nothing left, and now my reserves are on empty, and I've got nothing to meet my next challenges, which are or could be the antidote to my boredom. And here I am, both bored and burned out at the same time. So why doesn't this freak me out? Because I've been bored before, and I've been burned out before too. I've experienced those emptinesses, and I know not only how to jump those two ruts, but I know that they signal something more important to me that I've held nothing back, that while I was making the projects of the last year, I was being generous with my work and not hedging my bets. I was keeping nothing in reserve, and I think that's important. And now I've emptied myself, and while there is a resounding internal echo right now, it means there's room to fill that space back up and to start fresh, to gather the raw materials for new work, whatever that's going to be, without the musty old stuff that I saved for a rainy day getting in the way. It's understandable to want to pace ourselves. People keep suggesting that I might want to slow down. But the thing is, this is my pace. It's not important that our pace be fast or slow, but that it be ours. I've learned that my pace is not usually one of constant simultaneous inflow and outflow. For example, when I'm writing a book, I am not also reading voraciously. But I think that's okay. I mean, you don't often see a competitive cyclist riding the Tour de France while also wolfing down a plate of spaghetti. There is a time for input and a time for output. There is a rhythm. And right now, the twin emptinesses of boredom and burnout are part of that rhythm for me. A temporary part, and one in which I will not dwell for long, but they are necessary if I'm to give things my everything and empty myself into my work. I mentioned that boredom and burnout were diagnostic tools, and never afraid to mix my metaphors, I want to throw something else at you for your consideration. When I was in my early 20s, I spent most of a winter in Russia. The whole time I was there, I was listless, I had no energy, I was losing weight. And when I came back, I just got sicker and lost more and more weight and was finally diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, for which there is no cure, but there is a treatment, a means of maintaining my health. Aside from eating more carefully and staying active, I inject myself four to five times a day with insulin. By my math, that's about 45,000 injections so far. Not bad for a guy who doesn't like needles. There's no cure for diabetes yet, only daily maintenance and treatment. When I was first diagnosed, it meant I could finally begin that regular treatment that I needed in order to get healthy again. And if boredom and burnout are diagnostic tools, I think they point to something that, like my diabetes, isn't so much curable as treatable. It's about maintenance. It's about sensitivity to my own rhythms and what works best for me. Sometimes I need food, sometimes I need insulin, and sometimes exercise all at the right time, and what I need will be different than what someone else needs. 
Unlike diabetes, the creative life is not a problem to be solved, and its challenges are not states of being in, in need of a cure, but we do need regular maintenance, and it'll be different from one person to another. We need the regular fuel of learning new skills and drawing on new influences and ideas. But we also need to be challenged, to go to the edges of those skills and to explore the deepest parts of those ideas. And here's where I think I'm going with all of this. To explore and embrace the emptiness that lies just beyond those and to not be afraid of them. And we might have to do this over and over again according to our own rhythms, just as I have to keep injecting insulin. Could it be we are being so frequently reminded of the benefits of balance and never going too far in one direction or another that we don't push ourselves to be the kind of people we would become if we stretched ourselves a little and risked a little imbalance, if we emptied ourselves frequently enough that we needed to take a break, to catch our breath after we finished something great, signed our names to it, and shipped it? You're not the only one that finds balance hard and finds themselves falling toward either boredom or burnout, if not both, at times. But rather than freak out about it, take a deep breath. Neither of these are fatal. They don't signal anything more than an emptiness that is now yours to fill as you like with new ideas, new skills, new challenges, and new directions. And if you're truly empty now and then, you can fill that emptiness knowing that you gave the last efforts everything you had. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying boredom and burnout are good things per se. I'm just saying maybe they're just regular extremes to which most of us bounce when we are more concerned about making our art or doing our best creative work. And yes, both of them keep us temporarily out of flow. But their gift is in showing us the way back to flow, pointing out the need to fill one or both of those emptinesses with new skills, new ideas, or new challenges, which in their turn do get us back to flow. And it's worth taking a moment to appreciating the rest and the clean slate that is now ours because we held nothing back. I know I can't be the only one that ends up on empty every now and then, but I'm tired of beating myself up over something that just keeps happening with such predictable regularities and to this point hasn't killed me yet. Figure out your rhythms, my friends. Go at whatever pace works for you. Embrace the empty and learn to fill it. But don't be so scared of it that you never go there. Do whatever maintenance you need to do when you need to do it according to your rhythms and no one else's. But don't chase balance at the cost of doing your best work and being generous and going all in. Don't worry so much about the overcorrections that you not only never fall to one side or the other, but also never learn to ride that unicycle. You're not alone if you find balance hard and if your creative life is a little bit herky-jerky at times. But listen, one day, like all of us do, I will come to the end of my life. And if I am ever given the kind of eulogy that I hope my life makes possible, the very last thing I want said of me is that I sure was balanced. I want my single tire track to be wild and harebrained, a hot sacred mess of an effort that goes everywhere but in a straight line. I'm not afraid of the empty or the imbalance of my efforts. I'm afraid of holding back and not giving my life and my work everything I've got. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you want more of this kind of thing to fuel your everyday creativity and freedom, 
my two new books were written for you. Start Ugly, The Unexpected Path to Everyday Creativity and The Problem with Muses can both be found in all the usual places like Amazon or through the links at startuglybook.com and both will support this podcast and help you get more reliably to flow. If you're only just discovering a beautiful anarchy, I post new episodes three out of every four weeks, but there's no reason you should take a break on those fourth weeks, so I'd like to send you a monthly issue of On The Make, which is basically an email version of this podcast, and you can get it by going to startuglybook.com, scrolling to the bottom, and telling me where to send it. At the same time, I will also send you a copy of my ebook, Escape Your Creative Rut, Five Ways to Get Your Groove Back. And once a month, I will draw the name of one reader to whom I'll send a signed copy of one of my books. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I'm humbled by your reviews and feedback. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can email me anytime at talkback at a beautiful and I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, go make something beautiful. <laughs>